podcast. It's the yearbook. Hey guys, I'm your host, Doug. Welcome to the yearbook sportscast says in the yearbook at hotmail.com. The podcast that could not be any less popular. There is one woman coaching in all of men's division one college basketball. So the, in the entire coast to coast landscape, which would have to include the coast of Hawaii and the entire coast to coast landscape of men's division one college basketball, there is only one female coach. She's currently an assistant coach. Do you know which school she's at? Again, it's a division one men's basketball team. We'll come back to it. Uh, One sense that this podcast, the yearbook has given us is, Nothing. So the XFL, the new spring football league run by World Wrestling Entertainment, the WWE, we like it. Seriously, this is the first spring football league since the USFL, since the mid-80s that we've really gotten into. It seems like real football. Now, there are many reasons for that, a lot of reasons, but one reason is the team names. Obviously, this is so subjective. Why even mention it? So here we go to mention it. There are many reasons that go into liking the team. Your reason may be completely original. There's so many reasons. Actually, the reason you like a team could literally be anything. But for us, it's difficult to get behind a team and hang the team name and logo all over your walls in your car when it's a terrible name. Last spring's Association of American Football, the AAF. And no disrespect, I hate to see anyone lose jobs. The AAF had terrible, against subjective, team names and logos a lot of people got behind the san diego fleet but we rejected that one as well as the hot shots apollos express legends and birmingham iron which was badly outdone by the birmingham vulcans of also the old world football league the stallions and commanders were passable but had terrible color schemes we never wound up watching a game the also old xfl from the early 2000s, they were being extreme the first time around. It was 2001. That explains it all. So it was difficult to root, root, root for the dear old maniacs or demons or rage or the worst name and logo, the Los Angeles Extreme. So what do we have now in this new XFL? First, the two XFL teams we actually would buy a pennant for but haven't. The Los Angeles Wildcats. Again, subjective, you could say Wildcats. Real original, but it is original for a professional team. We like the logo, which is not a Wildcat, but an L.A. that doesn't interlock. And their Burger King color scheme that is a high compliment is awesome. The NFL's Buccaneers have been heading back to their old creamsicle colors at a geologically slow pace. That is slow. So L.A. just did it, kind of. Good for them. Then there's the Seattle Dragons. Yeah, you'd think in the pitch meeting, Game of Thrones came up a lot, and Drexel University and SUNY Cortland called. But again, it's completely original for an American pro team. You could totally picture the logo in your head right now without ever having seen it, but we like it. And if the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, yes, their Division One for the last time had a football team, this is what it would look like. Or if... Hopefully, seriously, this never, ever happens. If UAB and UTEP ever had to merge their football programs, this is what it would look like. Perfect. Now the rest of the XFL. The Houston Roughnecks have an awesome name. No wonder we haven't liked anything since the 80s. We keep saying awesome. Uh, The Houston Roughnecks, awesome name, bring back the old soccer Tulsa Roughnecks. Anyway, Houston brought back the Oil Derrick logo 
but the logo looks like it was meant to invoke the Houston Oilers without provoking a lawsuit. It didn't work. And the uniforms are the XFL's most generic. The Dallas Renegades have a great name. More teams use that immediately. One of the great underused, but not completely unused, names. They also have a Gotham Rogues-ish logo. But the uniforms are the XFL's first or second most generic, depending on your opinion. Winged helmets are always cool. And the St. Louis Battlehawks have that. But as you heard literally two seconds ago, they have a terrible name. Hawks would have been fine. And the uniforms are the XFL's first, second, or third most generic, depending on your opinion. The Tampa Bay Vipers have a word-up color scheme, fly green and yellow, and a name that we should like. It's better than a lot of other leagues' efforts. The D.C. Defenders. Cool, actually simple throwback uniforms, cool color scheme, Louisiana Lafayette called. But can you really rally around the Defenders? Go... Defenders, the same goes for the New York Guardians. Now, the logo looks a ton cooler on the helmet. I can't express that enough. The logo looks a lot better on the helmet than you would think. And at first, we thought the name and lion logo came from the lion statues, the famous two lion statues outside of the New York Public Library, which would have been an all-time great inspiration for a team name backstory. Could anyone beat that backstory? But those two humps outside the library are not called guardians, which we thought they were. Their names are something like it's Knife and Fork, Burger King and McDonald's. Is this right? I'm not sure if this is right or not. Is it? It, it, does, it doesn't say anything on the base, does it? At the base of the lines? I don't think it says the name there. Patience and fortitude, apparently. But if, uh, if we're wrong, uh, we're wrong. So instead, without the great backstory, the name Guardians is just another yay Guardians type name still. Now, for all the complaining we've done, the XFL did pretty well compared to other leagues. The Wildcats and Dragons are set. They could merge with the NFL right now. All the Defenders and Guardians have to do is change their names. All the Vipers have to do is upgrade the logo. All the Renegades have to do is upgrade their uniforms. All the Roughnecks have to do is upgrade the logo and the uniforms. And all the Battlehawks have to do is start over. Although they could keep the winged helmets. And again, so far so good with the league. The players, the quality of play, so far thumbs up with the league. Uh, the only woman currently coaching men's Division I college basketball is Ednisha Curry at the University of Maine. Is that where you would have expected? Is that where you would have not expected? Did you know that already? She's an assistant in her second season with the Black Bears. And if you watch the main bench at a game, Curry looks like a big part of the Black Bears coaching staff, which is very cool to see because this certainly looks like an honest effort to hire a coach in order to win games no matter what gender. Although if this were a publicity stunt, it's not working. Uh, While San Francisco 49ers assistant coach Katie Sowers was featured in a commercial that played during the Super Bowl that she was also coaching in, Ednisha Curry has not gotten a lot of press. Her name gets mentioned in a lot of places, usually in conjunction with someone or someone's else. And the New York Times produced a video, a good video, featuring Curry and two other women. But we have not seen a lot of press publicity. Uh, in one instance this year, and no one in the road crowd seemed to notice or care that they were watching the nation's only female coach when their team was playing Maine. But Curry is prominent come game time. Obviously, we're not in on the meetings or allowed behind the scenes, but on the bench, you can see it. Maine head coach Richard Barron 
is often right next to Curry, sitting right next to her, standing by her, and the two of them talk through all situations during the game. Curry makes it known when the Black Bears aren't performing. She pulls specific players aside during timeouts to advise them one-on-one. She's right in the middle of the timeout huddle. And in an interview last year, Curry herself said being a woman makes no difference with recruits. So it's nice to see what looks like a legit chance for a woman to prove herself. Now, Curry had previously worked at Maine with the Maine women's team, but she certainly picked an intriguing place to try and prove herself. The Maine men are unfortunately part of a small group of longtime Division I members who have never, ever made the NCAA tournament, and the Black Bears aren't currently winning either. Uh, At nine wins, they're heavy favorites to see their season come to an end this Saturday in Vermont, far short of March Madness. So this would be one of the more difficult places in the entire country for anyone to actually succeed.